हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट 11 इंपैक्ट ऑफ डिसेंट्रलाइज्ड डेवलपमेंट एंड आवर टॉपिक इज सजेशंस फॉर स्ट्रेंथनिंग डिसेंट्रलाइज्ड डेवलपमेंट एज लोकल सेल्फ गवर्नमेंट बॉडीज हैव कम इनटू एग्जिस्टेंस थ्रू आउट द कंट्री दे आर फंक्शनिंग हैज कम अंडर स्क्रूटनी अकॉन congenial climate for taking governance to the doorsteps of the people is slowly being created however a lot remains to be done accordingly in the succeeding pages some suggestions are provided for strengthening the decentralized development panchayats and municipalities can fulfill their responsibility as institutions of self government only if devolution is patterned on a nexus between the three apps function functionaries and finances the closing down of the line departments and the transfer of staff to the administrative and disciplinary control of the panchayats and the municipalities should be done in the absence of such effective devolution of functionaries with functions a kind of diarchy will keep on operating at the ground level which is detrimental to good governance and extinguishes all possibility of effective self government the gram sabha constitutes the bedrock of panchayati raj system in india hence unless the gram sabha meet regularly we cannot ensure direct accountability of the elected representative to the electorate there should be wide publicity for the gram sabha meeting through the local media and local communication methods like announcement on loudspeakers beating of drums distribution of pamphlets etc the people attending the gram sabha meeting should be encouraged to express their opinion freely so that no single group dominates the proceedings people should be educated reg- regarding the powers and functions of gram sabha the ngos active in the field of rural development must be encouraged to educate the people so that they can participate act- actively in the gram sabha meetings apart from the ngos the teachers in village schools may be assigned the function of educating the people about the powers and functions of gram sabha the village school should serve as a resource center to the members of gram sabha in order to ensure transparency and accountability certain measures should be taken up for example a register containing the details of all development work should be maintained it should contain information like assets created work done cost and dates of the completion etc this register should be made available to the members of gram sabha gram panchayat on demand 
this will help in scrutinizing the works completed. The information regarding income and expenditure of Gram Sabha should be provided to the Panchas by the Sarpanch. Complaints regarding manipulation of funds should be inquired into and those found guilty should be punished. Besides these, the NGOs operating in the respective area of Gram Panchayat should be involved to ensure transparency. Whenever any new scheme or program is introduced, the block and district level officials should visit the village and brief the villagers about the objectives, procedures and types of benefits that are likely to occur under the scheme or program. The functionaries should directly contact the villagers for seeking and giving information. This will create awareness regarding schemes of rural development as also ensure interaction among the people. Finally, the Gram Panchayat as a whole should be made more responsive and accountable to the concerned Gram Sabha. All these will lead to the transparent functioning of the Gram Panchayas. The decentralization process cannot be complete unless proper planning is done. Though the district planning committees have been constituted in most of the states yet, desired results have not been achieved. Accordingly, it is suggested that the union governments accord the highest priority to the constitution and functioning of the DPC with a view to making plans prepared by DPC. The basis for the preparation of the five-year plans. The prime focus of DPC should be guiding and facilitating panchayats and municipalities in formulating their plans. It should also resolve policies, priorities, programs and strategies for the overall development of the district in order to ensure maximum and prudent utilization and exploitation of available natural human and other resources in the area. The DPC should convene a general body meeting of all panchayat and municipal representatives of the district to approve and endorse the plan so that due importance is accorded to such district plans in the planning process at higher levels. Only after this the development plan of DPC should be forwarded to the state government. Apart from these, the DPC should organize training programs to impart technical skills to personnel engaged in the plan formulation at the lower level bodies. This training will enhance the capability of personnel leading to improvement in the quality of planning. So far as financial devolution is concerned, it is suggested that the recommendations of the State Finance Commission SFC 
for strengthening of the financial position of rural and urban local bodies should be implemented in total. The necessary sanction with regard to the release of fund must be done in time. Apart from this, some kind of link up between the recommendations of the Central Finance Commission and the SFSCs should be evolved so that the PRIs and ULBs do not remain dependent on funds for specific schemes, but also get some united funds for taking up activities which met the local requirements. It is further suggested that the taxing power of auctioning power should be in the hands of the PRIs and the ULBs and collection of taxes and auction money should be done by local level bureaucracy. This strategy may come handy in timely collection of taxes and other means of augmenting of finances of the local bodies. Apart from this, it is CIS further suggested that in the initial stage provision for matching grant like Maharashtra and Gujarat may also help ensure the local bodies to take up more and more developmental activities and getting more and more funds from the state exchanger. Reservation has opened the door to revolutionary changes in the political, social and cultural nature. It has empowered the women, SC and ST. However, the real and genuine empowerment is still awaited. In order to achieve this, reservations for women should extend to at least two terms for any constitution. This way they will be able to enjoy the benefit of their past good work while contesting the election for the second term. It is further suggested that no confidence motion against women chairperson be allowed to be tabled only once every two years. No offenders in order to end the widespread harassment of women chairperson through threats of no confidence motion which are very much in vogue with respect to women than men chairperson. Similarly, if a woman chairperson or member is removed for any reason whatsoever, she must be replaced by another woman of the same category. Note by a man, whether in full or acting charge. If the above suggestions are taken into account, women would no doubt create better village and town communities based on harmony and cooperation achieved through gender balance and justice. So far as the ward committees are concerned, they are significant addition to the structure of decentralization. The ward committees have facilitated greater proximity between the citizens and their elected representatives. 
but this is not enough to ensure better functioning of urban services or accountability to citizens at the local level. They have yet to become an effective platform of accountability to citizens. The financial and administrative support needed even for ward committees as are presently existing are not adequate. As such, it is suggested that such support mechanisms be expanded and also replicated to the extent necessary for ward sabhas. It is further suggested that the issues of composition and proximity should be resolved at earliest. Only then the ward committees can function effectively. Otherwise, the ward committees are likely to remain as apprentices to the Nagar Palika structure rather than effective platform of citizens' empowerment. Now, let us conclude the unit. On the basis of the above analysis, it is be said that the overall impact of decentralization is visible in the form of provisions for regular local elections, reservation of seats for women, SC and ST, and strengthening the oversight and accountability functions of Gram Sabha. As a result of these provisions, the local democracy has been deepened, political participation broadened and representation diversified. The very presence of large number of poor people in local councils is a very significant development in the local political landscape of most parts of the rural and urban India. The political decentralization thus has largely been successful in the sense that most of the provisions of the constitutional amendments have been enacted in almost all the states and its impact has also been felt. The financial and administrative decentralization has progressed to a very limited extent. The scope for local revenue mobilization is very restricted resulting in a high level of dependence on fund flows from higher level of the government. Despite formal provision for transfer of responsibilities to the lower tiers of local government and legislation governing transfer of development functions to Grams Panchayat, progress has been uneven. However, most of the success on these fronts will depend on the relationship between the local bodies and local level bureaucracy. They would have to forget the love and hate relationship and work hand in glove for the success of PRIs and the ULPs. Decentralization is recognized as a largely positive aspect of political development. It entails arousing people's aspirations and allowing and encouraging people to meet their own aspirations. The decentralization process has now given rural and urban local bodies an opportunity 
to assume greater responsibility for ruler and urban management. A new set of political opportunities for depending democracy, deepening democracy and advancing development has been created. Achievements from any political decentralization have not been matched either by financial or functional or administrative decentralization. Only a small number of status continue to make steady progress with regards to decentralization, others are lagging behind. If the above suggestions are taken seriously and implemented consciously in letter and spirit, the local bodies can function effectively and efficiently. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcasts.